Kelman on CliffCentral.com. For me, the most interesting thing about Pearl Tusi walking into this, and we're going to find out in a couple of minutes if it's uh, true or it's not true or how she's doing it, is kind of just what it is to have a real presence in a room. Because if there's one thing that I've picked up with you is that there's always a presence that you have in a room. And yeah. uh, to me, that feels like star power. It feels like an X factor thing. And in a day and age where everybody wants to be famous, a lot of people need to be having an honest conversation with themselves around if they have the ability to get people to gravitate towards them because you seem to have that. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that you had that growing up in Durban. You were just that kid that would put on shows. I don't know this for a fact, but I think maybe. Um, firstly, thank you for the compliment. Pleasure, yeah. It's very kind. <laughs> I, um, I've always heard that, I think, especially as a teenager, maybe as a younger kid, people gravitated towards teasing me looking different, which I've spoken about, you know, at length, just being teased by living in a, you know, because I was living in a black community and didn't look, you know, what people perceived to be black. So, um, there was that, but I, I entered beauty competitions very young and, you know, I did quite well there in high school. I wasn't very popular at the beginning. I wasn't, um, sure of myself. And then at some point I was, I think also the more the industry embraced me, my looks and my personality, the more confident mm. I became. And I think I realized that there's something special and different about me, maybe not more special and different than the next person because we all are unique and special, but particularly for this industry where there was something special about me and I needed to utilize it. It's clearly something that you can't create fake or like manufacture, you know, because it it just happens. You hear it without even trying. So I think that there is, there's a kid. I did like putting on shows. My sisters and I enjoyed singing with each other a lot. I did drama in high school. Um, and I did particularly well at that. I think it was one of the only subjects I got an A for. Everything else was like mostly a B. Um, what else? And I just love connecting with people. I think that there's a, there's a saying that says people never remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. Mm. I always enjoyed making people feel good, mm. even as I was a people's pleaser. I'm having to kind of curb that now because it come across, it comes across in different ways as you grow up because people, as you become an adult, people start to question even the nice things that you do for them. So you have to think carefully sometimes about, I try not to, but I've had to realize that I have to remain um, aware of how some people perceive things. But I should realize that it's not my responsibility to take responsibility for how they interpret things because I wasn't there mm. when they were growing up. Yeah, I've got a strong suspicion that your mentions and your Instagram inbox must be filled with young women who are in a confidence crisis, which seems to happen to young women when they're in their teens and so on and so forth. This idea of figuring out their identity and so on and so forth. And you are just so wildly comfortable in your own skin at least that's my perception but i think it's true mm-hmm. um that a lot of people must gravitate towards that and how, and obviously you've spoken in depth about how you got to that point in terms of being comfortable in your own skin but but what's going on amongst women young women in the world right now figuring out what their self-worth is and figuring out self-esteem and all of that because you must get these young women speaking to you all the time trying to help you uplift them this is true, you know. I like the word con, well, I like the phrase confidence crisis because I think to different extents we all have it, you know. 
um, I sometimes look in the mirror and I'm not sure, but I always have to remind myself, you know, it's okay. I'm so and so, and I'm very happy with who I am. We have those moments, but intrinsically, I had to learn before I get to everybody else. I think I had to learn that I have to define who I am. You know, the whole Invictus thing. I'm, I was actually reading that part of the Mandela story to my daughter last night, funny enough. And that's why I remember it so quick, so clearly. Um, I am the master of my fate and I am the captain of my soul. You know, and I had to explain that to her because what's fate, you know, captain of soul, but now I have to break it up for her. Okay. I'm the captain of my soul. I get that. But what does it mean? You know what I'm saying? So I, I look deeper into myself and always try and understand who I am, mm. why I am and where I am. Those things are very, very important. And you've got to believe that you are here for a reason. So I think all that soul searching, you know, I'm a Christian as well. So that's assisted me in finding kind of self understanding, self worth and something to look to for, for, for security, if I can call it that. Now, with women, especially, I was lucky to find that in a day and age where social media wasn't something that existed beyond newspapers, television, mm. um, you know, like literally physical, physical representations of communication or physical communication magazines, newspapers, radio and TV was basically what it was. Um, internet came through when I was still growing up. So what I think about and I was thinking about this this morning as I was sharing that the millennials, millennials of now are like the bridge between the old school, mm. like the pre-apartheid, if I can call it that, and the future, the now generation, the generation, my daughter and going forward. We are the bridge. Mm. And the way we're so selfish right now, so concerned about our self-worth, so concerned about who we want to be, which is really important. We, you have to know yourself to be able to know and maybe understand the next person. But because now our self-worth depends on how other people see us and how other people appreciate our pictures, uh, what we have to say on Twitter, um, how many, you know, comments and likes you get on Facebook, those things for, suddenly there's a measurable way of, mm. of, of checking how popular you are, how liked you are, or how relevant you are. So that's kind of taken the thing of you can know inside how much you're worth. But now it's like, no, let's measure exactly how much you're worth based on what people think. So it's like this very confusing place for people trying to understand their self-worth, but based on what other people, um, on how other people value them. So, for girls specifically, because girls rely so much on that even before social media. You know, mm. how many boys ask you out, you know, um, back in my day anyway. Uh, your marks at school. How many um, roses you get on Valentine's Day. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one rose I got was from somebody I didn't even know in high school. And yeah. that hacked me a bit, you know. But I just realized maybe I'm intimidating. Just boys just don't ask me out. What's wrong with me? You know, until I was like, nah, what's wrong with them? I, I became so confident in grade 11, grade 12. So... Girls need to figure that out. I have spirituality. That's what assists me. That's what reminds me because I'm so rooted in that. Mm. And there are some people now who aren't so much rooted in that. And whether it be church, whether it be your Hindu, your Buddhist, I think you need to find a spiritual kind of guide as to how you're going to understand who you are and understand this world as to what it is. You can't rely on Google the whole time mm. to 
to help you direct your life, you know, to be the captain of your soul. You know, I know, but that by the age of seven, basically you're done. Everything else now is just, you know, the infrastructure of who you basically are is sorted by the mm. time you're seven years old. So we got to look at the roots. So, so this idea of seven years old is, is something that I've heard before. There's also the theory of every seven years in your life, something happens or there's some kind of big change. There's, a double-edged sword to that, though, because on the one hand, then you look at the world around you and you look at what horrible people there are in the world and you it's disillusioning because you can't change those people. If people are mean after the age of seven, that's part of who they are. <laughs> so it's like a little disillusioning, but it's mm. also incredibly positive to think that, you know, if you're a parent, you've got to really invest in those first seven years of someone's life. How do you, as a well-intentioned person, not let not well-intentioned people kind of run your life? Because a lot of people are letting people that are not the greatest of people run their lives in mm. relationships, in business, in workplaces. How do you flip that switch and, and take power in that kind of situation? And in I, your case, it's amplified. It is amplified. Yeah. I was about to say, like, ugh, I have to deal with it so often. I think when something becomes normal, you actually don't take it as seriously. In everything, there needs to be like a volcanic eruption. There needs to be like total annihilation before you can start the new beginning steps of your life. So at some point, you will fight that. You know, you will fight for yourself. You will fight for who you are. You will stand up for yourself. And then one day, when you finally feel like you're being understood or when it doesn't matter anymore, you'll let it go. You'll realize that actually this is all up to me. And at some point I realized, actually, let me be more understanding so that maybe I can get the same in return. Sometimes when you give what you want, mm. then you'll get it back. So the whole hating, quote unquote, thing is you've got to ignore it at some point. If your if your definition of yourself is concrete, nobody can come back and be like, okay, let's get a different stone and deny her. No, that stone has been cast. It's, it's the way that it is. So um, you've got to learn to be bigger. You've got to learn to grow and you've got to understand where people come from and that it's not your responsibility to to deal with what they're putting out there because what they're putting out there is manufactured within mm. and you weren't there when they were manufacturing those opinions and what those opinions um, are um, influenced by and where they come from and the, the, the long road to where they are today. You don't know that. So when they say things and when even I say things, it's based on what I understand, whether it be morally, my values, my friendships, my parents, etc. It's based on so much that unless the person can be in front of you and you can dissect that conversation and that comment and that opinion, then you really can't take responsibility for it and you can't hold yourself accountable to that thing being particularly true unless mm -hmm. that person knows you well. Yeah. And I always, I always say only if it's constructive can I deal with it. If it's not constructive, then it's not my problem. No time for that. Yeah. Help me make sense of the fact that we live in a world where like in a couple of years from now, we're going to walk into a store and buy a virtual reality headset and be transported to another country sitting on a beach. We're going to be immersed in a game. But the basic fundamentals of people getting along and not judging one another based on race, based on religion, based on spirituality, how do you make sense of that? How do you make sense of the fact that we can go to space and we're unbelievably innovative as a human race, but like the basic fundamentals of getting along seem to be in crisis, are in crisis. Wow, that's a very interesting question. Um, and that's hard to make sense of. It's really, really hard to make sense of. And they say God will bro broke us down like in languages so that we can never kind of like be 
gods or not to like to kind of like if he wanted to we could build a ladder all the way up to heaven but he wants us to be here and learn each other and understand each other and it's you know what i mean so we've got i like that though yeah yeah so it's it's kind of like now it's not even a language thing you know it's a it's a thing of you know the whole classes thing economy economy economically yeah right? yeah it's a big thing and it's going to be a big thing in the future and that's why we will never as a human race as long as this whole thing and this idea exists reach our full potential we're very good at trading we're very good at deciding who's better and who's not um based on what we value whether it be money whether it be religion whether it be i don't know where you live geographical you know association all of that it's it's a thing of once we care more about others before ourselves and everybody does the same thing, then nobody will ever be in need or be in trouble or we will never want for more because we'll have all we need. So we always, I think we, because we're trying to replace and we're trying to achieve so much to find like what we we're discussing earlier, self-worth and self-understanding mm. and, and becoming bigger and better and leaving a legacy for ourselves and sometimes for our race and sometimes for our generation, trying to, replace something that can never be replaced by anything else so because you're not making friends while at school you go to instagram to find you know your friends and find some sort of relevance or you go to a place that isn't real a virtual place to find that so i think it's a similar thing that we are able to do those things because we're so driven to be great mm. but we're not driven to make others great sometime yeah. so self-interest it's a, it's a it's a sad thing that just how selfish we are is actually amazing and no one is better with, with all of this as the context, let's speak about this word potential. Because if potential is something that one becomes obsessed with, one can't sleep at night. One gets stressed out. I mean, for you, you, you know that you are this rock star. You have this X factor. You have all this stuff to share with the world. So how do you get to sleep at night without wanting to be banging down this door, pushing down that door, or kind of becoming obsessed with the idea of everything that you can be? How do you really go about physically taking that one day at a time. And also that lends itself to being in one's own lane, mm. which a lot of people struggle with because we're all comparing ourselves to other people. So you're saying that I know my full potential. Yeah. And maybe I'm not there yet. You know yes. what you think about in terms of your dream. I mean, we all know when we sit and when you sit and watch the Oscars, yeah. for instance, you think, well, that could be me one day. And how do you work with knowing your potential but unlocking it and not being obsessed with the outcome but being more invested in the journey. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I hear you. Thank you for simplifying it for me. <laughs> I, I think that because the journey to where I am right now, and this is like awareness is so important. You know, from the time I left school, had a child, and my career finally took off to where to a to a point where it got to where it is now. Yeah. It was a long journey, you know, and because I'm, you know, cognizant and I'm aware and I took time to understand. So I know what it took to get to this point where I am now, which I still think is far from what I, from where I actually want to be, um, in terms of personal life and career. So I, I remember that journey and I know that, wow, if it was that difficult to get to where I am right now, just laying the foundation to where Pearl is right now, where in South Africa she's appreciated by some. And Hugely so, yeah. You know what I mean? And Hugely some so. some don't, but the fact that you are bothered means you appreciate me yeah. anyway, as far as I'm concerned. 
how do I get to Africa and how do I get to the rest of the world? And does it matter that I need to get, that's actually the conversation I'm having with myself right now. Cause all along I was chasing the American dream, mm. you know? Um, and I'm still kind of interested in being a part of that world, but my concern now is more about being a part of revolutionizing and creating and uplifting the African dream, whether it be in a small way right here in Africa, because Mary Makeba and them had to plant the seed for us. I may not be the person who gets the African industry to a point where it's leading the rest of the world, but I sure as hell will do my best to make sure that I water the seed that they planted and nurture it so that the next generation can maybe be a part of that. If by then it's not like such a global village that it doesn't even matter where you're from anymore. Mm. Maybe by then, that would have happened I would have been wasting my time But I would have invested In the African future And that for me Is what is really important Because I feel like As Africans And because we're all living here That means as all races Who are residing here And investing in each other Regardless of what you look like we are all affected by the fact that Africa is lagging behind, you know? Yeah. And as much as I think we're like eight hours ahead of Los Angeles, how come they are leading and they are the ones letting us know what's going to be happening in the future when practically time-wise we are ahead? So those things affect me, mm. but the African dream is important to me. That's where my potential lies and that's where I kind of see myself going. And I do bang my head against the wall sometimes being like, but why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening? And because of my history already, I know that it will only happen at the right time. God's timing is perfect. And the, the, the period between you wanting something, you dreaming about it and it happening, the period in between is your preparation. Mm -hmm. So don't be just, don't just be super frustrated that it's not happening. Be more focused on making sure that by the time and if the, if and when that opportunity comes, you are ready because you've used the time in between to prepare. I have to tell you, I love that realization. I think that you even made me regret asking the question because we sit in South Africa and Africa with these massive insecurities um, that come from, you know, the Western world and the history of the world. And I think that a realization to make that actually screw that. I'm not going to try and fit into somebody else's culture mm. and fit into somebody else's vibe because that's what's been socially pushed on me growing up just by virtue of the way that the world has rolled out the past couple of hundred years. Yeah. Um, I think that's an unbelievably enlightened realization. That's really, really Thank dope. You. Thank you. I think you. that's so dope. Because this is the crisis that we're sitting in is totally. massive insecurity because okay. we're not putting value on ourselves. No, that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> it stresses me out, like when, especially when I'm trying to raise my daughter. It stresses me. Yeah, but the fact that you're so conscious of it means that you will be the person that will be a part of changing that. Hopefully, and you can only change the world by changing the people around you mm -hmm. that we know. I got to go to two questions from Toya DeLazy, who's also on our list of influential millennials to watch uh, for you. Yeah. Let's go to the first one here. Money and happiness, which is more important for you? I think when I'm happy, I make more money anyway. I like that. So I want to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole thing of, do you want to be crying in a BMW or do you want to be crying in Look, a Look, bro, I don't want to be crying full stop. <laughs> Like, exactly, even the BMW, if I'm crying in the BMW, what value have I placed on this BMW that I would rather be crying in it? Yeah. Why can I just not cry? Uh, Toya also wants to know, do you think that the millennial uh, age group are workaholics? No, I think we're absolutely lazy. <laughs> um, I, I can't speak for millennials around the world. Yeah. I don't want to lie. Do you think I, you're lazy? I think I'm lazy. Yeah, I think that I could do a lot more. I, I'm less lazy, more... Um, more of a, what do you, what's that, what's that P word? Procrastinator. Okay. So, um, I feel, and this is, this is what I want to tell all of y'all, right? 
like I said earlier with the bridge. So it's kind of like pre the advancement of technology. And now I think a lot of what's happened and, and, and how technology has grown and changed in terms of what we're doing right now happened when I was growing up. So I was able to be introduced to it at kind of like the right time, you know, um, you, I think everybody kind of like between the ages of 15 and 30, maybe 20 and 30. Mm. It's a very important group of people as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I can't be like, oh, I've done all the research. This is just my thoughts and I'm allowing you into my thoughts. So judge me if you must, but I don't really care. So it's those people are the bridge between helping what is my father and my uncles to understand what's happening right now with my daughter and the people who started like primary school, mm. maybe even high school, because there's a big issue in between those. It's a gray two. area. Yeah. There's like, we, we are so, we are so important and we don't even know it, but we're so selfish that we're so driven by what we want to uh. do. You know what I mean? So we're not actually doing that. So there's a huge frustration. So when I look, for example, at government in specifically our country again, and I look at the fact that libraries are probably going to be useless now, my daughter, I, She's been to the school library because there's books there, physical books. But most of those books are going to be, she can just download them on an iPad. And we're out here still building libraries instead of being like, okay, let's, let's advance ourselves technologically, technologically, be interested in the African purpose and African history, teaching it to them using the very technology that we now know exists. Instead of being like library, let's go give books that we now know that we don't need because actually we can just mm -hmm. download them. So they don't want to advance because they are making sure the country runs in the way that they understand where, where in fact, the, what, what they understand, yes, intrinsically is important, but technologically and in, in terms of what's going to be happening 10 years from now, you know what I mean? It's but that's just your, that's your role as a parent that you clearly recognize <sighs> that while systems might not keep up with innovation, people have to keep up with innovation. And so while their sort of, you know, wheels of change are slow, you've got to be the bridge. It's exactly what you're speaking about. Mm. And the person that makes that accessible and understandable and that recognizes that processes might be slow, but, but they I don't, don't want to hear be. us. I mean, fees must fall, etc. In most European countries, they invest so much in education so that the country doesn't have to struggle. When those people are, cause when I pay tax, am I not technically giving you back a lot of that money? They tax extra, I guess, when they're older. But, but you've realized that part of your responsibility as a human being, before you are an MC, before you're a presenter, okay, I hear you. you've realized that part of your responsibility is to make this change. Mm. And, and that's really, I think that all that one can do. You can change the people around you and, and hope that that sort of has a pay it forward kind of effect. And you can use your voice, which you do all the time, which is fantastic. Everybody's sitting now saying, is social media good? Is social media bad? Dumb question because social media is what it is. It's here. So you either deal with it or not. Mm. Um, it's, you can't ask if it's a good or a bad thing, but, but you seem to use it for a very positive thing, which I think is fantastic. Thank you. I just, and, and, and wrapping this up, I kind of, I'm so envious of, and I think a lot of people listening to this would be of just this comfortableness that you have with who you are and your human experience and this heightened level of consciousness and this positive attitude that you have and all this energy that you bring. And I just wonder, and for you, it's going to be difficult to say how to be like that, but how does one tap into just an overall more positive energy, a better energy? How does one confront looking in the mirror and actually being okay with that? You know, it's like white people owning up to the fact that the history's messed up, like white people have messed up. 
a lot of people cannot look in a mirror and say, listen, I messed up here or I did this. In relationships between men and women, whatever it is, it's so hard to have honest conversations with oneself. Mm. And just wrapping this up, honest conversations with oneself, how does one try and get better at that? Because you're very honest with yourself. You're probably the first person to admit <laughs> when you've messed up on something. Yeah, no, I, I, I usually do admit it. I sometimes will fight if I, the cause is just... Which is natural. But... But once I feel like I'm, like I said, I'm being understood, then it's like, actually, actually, I realize it because you just want to be heard. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to learn. Being understood isn't as important as being understanding. Um, but to answer your question, to make it about you and those around you, you've got to realize that it's not about you. It's not about you. The world is such a, it's a, it's a big place. And we are just all instruments and we're all here for each other. We're all connected. We're all here to, we're supposed to be assisting each other, not competing with each other, not um, stealing from each other. You know what I mean? So once the next person, like I said, is of value, even if they don't, um, as, as far as you're concerned, bring in the type of value in your life that you think is necessary, then you'll be a much better person and you'll be a lot more kinder to yourself because you'll understand how it is to be kinder to other people. And that's what I'm trying to teach my daughter. So I look in the mirror and I realize that the one thing that I know is that I know nothing at all, hmm. you know, and I don't have to actually know everything. And I love that you mean that. So many people say that they don't mean that, but when you said it, it's like your soul is saying it, you really mean it. <laughs> yeah. I know nothing. And I forget that sometimes, but I actually know absolutely nothing. And the more I act like I know everything, the more idiotic I'm going to look. So, I make those mistakes and I hate those mistakes, but I have to learn from them. And if I don't make those mistakes, then I'm going to be in the same place forever. You've got to trip and stand up to realize not to walk that certain place or that certain way or that carelessly again, you know. Um, kindness to yourself means kindness to others. And the sooner you're kinder to yourself, accept yourself and know that you are brought here for a very important reason. And no one else can tell you why that reason is important. And you may not know it, but know that it is there. And your responsibility may not be to ever figure it out, but it will be that you have to live your best life and you have to take care of yourself and you have to keep on going even when there's no, there's, there's no purpose that you can find or see as to why you should be going on. You're here for a very important reason and you've got to find a way to make sure that, you know, your, your life's purpose is to figure out what that reason is. And you, you may not really ever know it, but it's, it's there. Trust yourself and be kind to yourself and everybody else will do the same. Paul Tusi, you said it best. Thank you so much. Kelman on cliffcentral.com.